Hello and welcome to another episode of Joe Blogs About Films, diving back into the TV world for this particular episode to go over and discuss in summary the first three episodes of Amazon Prime's highly anticipated and what appears to be very divisive, Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. I did a podcast a few months ago with my good friend Nat McCartney, who no doubt will be featuring on a future episode, probably when the season as a whole is done to go over talking about Lord of the Rings, because as, as the podcast that we've done previously, we're quite big fans of it. Nat is obviously a huge Tolkien fan in, in itself. I, obviously, more so with the films that Peter Jackson did, have huge admiration for. I'm a big, big fan of those films. So, obviously, we did a podcast to discuss uh, just what our kind of feelings were towards this particular series. And in general, I think we were the same as everyone else. We were just a bit like, don't bugger it up, you know what I mean? And, obviously, having this set so many years Prior to the events of Lord of the Rings, obviously we're in the second age in this particular series. There was enough. There's enough wiggle room, really, for Amazon to uh, to kind of have fun with it because this is the thing. Like anything, when you start to you know go into something that's got huge, uh, like huge stories to tell from from books left, right, and center, um, or like I say, any appendices or whatever. They, they will try to keep as close to that as possible, but at the same time, you can tell they're trying to have some creative freedom with it as well. I do commend it. I don't think it should solely be a case if they have to stick to uh, to what's written, you know what I mean? Like, And that's just my personal opinion on it. I just really wanted them to... I just really want a good series more than anything. And again, sorry, just kind of touching on what we just said there, that there are people out there, fans obviously, who are genuine diehards, and I hear those voices as well. I do see what people are saying about more so the negative side of this of this particular series so far um but like i say it's one of those where if they re if they did everything to the letter there'd be no surprises then would they? i mean it'd be great to see maybe some elements they probably will get a chance to see over the over the course of this series i think it's meant to be like five seasons long or something like that so i'm sure that some things that people want to see will be seen at the same time i think there there has to be that level of freedom within the um yeah within the team obviously creating this tv show because like I say, you don't want it to become too stale or whatever. But flipping that already, after these three episodes, episode three was was good. I'll give them that. Like, but the first two episodes, I found quite a bit of a slog. Um, and we're going to go over that in this particular episode, obviously, as much as I can, anyways. Because you know me, I am terrible with names and locations. There's so much to take in, but at the same time, there is enjoyment within this Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power series when you're comparing it though to the likes of. House of the Dragon, which started at the same time, there's there's clearly a superior TV show there, which is a little bit of a shame. And, and, and I, I know that, again, we're story building, we're world creating, there's, you know, there's a slow burner to, to, to say, um, really, about Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. But there has been moments in this where I thought that was really good. So I'll take that. And these first three episodes, I'm not really going on too much um, uh, too much of like, uh, well, this is it, this is going to be awful, I can't believe it, what have they done? There's plenty more time for this TV show to pick up, and again, like I say, it's just a case of, we're building up this world again, you know what I mean? We're, we're, we're you know, getting that story going, introducing ourselves to all these new characters, there's a lot to take in, there's there's, thing, there's characters that obviously are like kind of reminders of that familiar sense, you know, with the half so obviously very close to obviously what the Hobbits were and such, and that's kind of, you know, that innocent side of that. But then you've got obviously like the elves and such who are very prominent in this Galadriel as well, and many, many more. Say so even uh, you know, say Elrond is in this as well, um, and I, yeah, th th there's just stuff to pick at it. There's stuff that I can see why people are having such a hard time really getting invested in it. 
I can see the other side as well where people are saying, well, just give it its time because it's only been three episodes. Anyways, before we do dive further into this, uh, the podcast is available, of course, on Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, as to rss.com. Jump onto Facebook as well and search Joe Blogs About Films. Give us a like and a follow on there. Hit the notification button as well on Spotify and Apple Music, all that jazz. Uh, and leave us a leave us a review. That'd be ace. I really do appreciate, say, all the comments that come in, all the feedback, this and that, discussions that I have on the back of episodes. It really is, uh, yeah, very much, very much appreciated. Uh, so in this particular episode, as I say, we're going to be glossing over <laughs> the first three episodes, uh, Shadow of the Past, Adrift, and Adar. Episode three was the best of the three. There, there's been elements in the first two that I, I did enjoy. It's just that, in particular, that first episode, like, in terms of, like, an introduction to this TV series, I was... It started off fine. Like, I, I enjoyed seeing, as I say, Galadriel, you know, and her, and her group, obviously, carrying on her brother's legacy, you know, and trying to find the servants of uh, of the Dark Lord Morgoth after he was defeated, obviously the servant being Sauron. And it is nice to see the, that interaction and that, like I say, it was, there's there's just, there's nice storytelling. There's obviously slow burners, I've said, but I just felt that it was just, like, too slow. Obviously, from, from Gladry, we get to see some, some great, I say, sequences between, you know, her her, her brother, obviously, when, after, he's, after he's taken down. Then we get to see, obviously, her continuing that search, and she comes across, obviously, those, like, snow trolls or whatever they are. And this is where, like, J.A. Bayona, and just a quick one, I don't know why I always get Bayona's name wrong. I call him, I think, Bayana, I think, on my Jurassic World podcast. So, anyways, back to the snow troll sequence, and mainly, like, the use of lighting and that horror, like, not the horror aspect, but that kind of monster aspect, I should say, um, that J.A. Bayana really thrives off, because... That was really great. Say, Gladriel is an absolute badass in this, and I think that the performance that's been put in there from Morphid Clark, who's playing Gladriel, is just stunning. Like, she is the driving force for me that's keeping me and like engaged, and I'm wanting to see more of what's going to happen with her. Obviously, the other character in this TV series that's, that's helping, that's really making me enjoy this, is of course Ismail Cruz Cardova's uh, Arandir, the, uh, the the other elf that's part of the part of the overall story as well. But just back to the Galadriel side of it, like that all was that all has been really entertaining and really engaging. It's just that there's been just so many moments, like I say, in those first two episodes where I remember thinking, in particular the first one, just is this necessary? You know what I mean? Like I I understand you've got eight episodes this season to pad everything out. We've already had like three hours of three what well, over three hours of content, and I'm just like, there, there's gonna be a there, there has to be a point within this show where things are really gonna really gonna like just a flick's gonna get switched. And that's it. We're going to be on like full on cruise control. I am hopeful of that. Like, you know, I mean, I could be completely wrong, but yeah. So like the Galadriel side of it and her story is something that I am more so enjoying. I think she's a very well, um, a very likable character. Say, a completely different Galadriel to the one that we're familiar with, obviously from the Peter Jackson, uh, Peter Jackson films. Obviously, this set many, many moons before. Um, I just really think she's a fantastic character. I think they like said the performance as well really, really shines within that. I love the fact to say that she's not one to quit easily you know what i mean like she has got a purpose and she will continue with that purpose until sauron is found and is defeated whether that means you know almost butting heads with the other elves that are in a company or whatever or even to the point where she's obviously chatting away with elrond and he's saying look you know you you can go to the undying lands you've, you've done your thing you've you've we're in a time of peace there's no there's, there's no reason for you to be going off trying to 
pretty much complete something that is already complete. Obviously, we know it's not complete because there's darkness, darkness falls across the land and all that jazz. But it's nice that that that, that sequence in particular, they say in the first episode when she is when she's reaching Valinir and she realizes obviously that this isn't right. You know, I've, I I can't give up my quest for Sauron. Um, I have to continue that. Abandons the ship, jumps overboard, and again, this is this is again like credit to Jay Bayona as well with this because. I just love, like, I've already mentioned about the lighting and stuff, but I just really liked what he does because he's such a really good director. And, and I think I, I mentioned, I remember speaking about him on the like discussion podcast we did, obviously, leading up to this coming out, that having him attached to it, I, I was very, very excited for it. Like, they, they think this can tell, I say, that a lot of money has been pumped into this. And they've got some really, really credible filmmakers on on, on board for it. And Jay Bayana, like I say, um, Bayona even, sorry. Um, what he does within these two episodes is nothing short of just beautiful. Because as much as the story necessarily hasn't kept me engaged or whatever, I can tell you what, like, it looks absolutely stunning. Like, it looks wonderful what they've done. Obviously, there's quite a lot of on-set location practical effects, this and the other. The CGI looks looks pretty great in this as well, but I just... I think that the the over the, the one thing I take away from these three episodes in particular, or at least the Lord of Rings Rings of Power, is just how good it actually looks. Like it is breathtaking. You know, the, the sweeping shots, the wide shots, the landscapes we get to see in this. It all looks absolutely stunning. So I cannot take away anything from that. And that's something again that brings me kind of that feeling of of warmth that the Peter Jackson films gave. Because obviously, again, that was all on set, on location. It felt real. They're creating another. Well, they're creating the Tolkien world again for Amazon Prime, obviously. But it does have that sense of realism to it. It doesn't feel like the Hobbit trilogy, for example, where it's was constant green screens and it and it was clear that it was a constant green screen. I mean, I, granted, I know that even with these on set locations they're filming, they'll be adding bits of CGI in the background, whatever. That's absolutely fine. But I just really liked what they what they did and what they have done with this as well. The other thing that's been, I've been really enjoying as well is like the use of like the silhouettes and stuff, in particular like with like the orcs and such, because it reminded me again, speaking of that warmth or at least that, those nods to other to other talking materials, or at least like what Jackson did or whatever. But the animated film obviously for um for the Lord of the Rings that they did many, many years ago, which is a great watch. There was parts of the first two episodes in particular that reminded me of that as well. So again, there's been stuff in there, like I've said already, that I'm really enjoying, say, like I said, with the Galadriel storyline, but mainly what I'm seeing in terms of scope and in terms of filmmaking and craftsmanship, I can't really fault it. There's a lot of money that's gone into it, don't get me wrong, and it's going to look brilliant when they pump that much money into it, but that is a real big tick for me. So as I say, that's, that's what I take away mostly from these three episodes anyways, how beautiful it does really look. But back to like, the characters, I say, because... You know, Galadriel, who we are pretty much, she is, like I said, with the one character mainly that we are focused on. Obviously, we are meeting characters along the way, and there's other stories here, there, and everywhere, like I said, with the Harfoots, and obviously the... Um uh, the elf story with uh, with Aaron Deer as well, and all the and the orc side of that, which I can't wait to talk a little bit more about as well. Um, but yeah, so like with the characters itself, obviously, uh, Morfid Clatch, Galadriel, you know, she's now met Hallbrand, another obviously character that seems to have a much bigger part to play in this. That's going to be in the next few episodes. I would suspect she's going to be like kind of. I'm not trying to compare him to like the Aragorn character kind of thing, but I do feel that he's going to have something quite of that kind of magnitude, um, given his heritage and given what claim he has, obviously, to uh, yeah, to being king uh, of his particular people. 
I think I've got that right. Anyways, if I'm wrong, terribly sorry. But yes, that conversation they had in the cell in episode three was, um, yeah, obviously revealed quite a lot. And it was nice as well because I wasn't sure about the Halbrand character. I was like, I don't know if this is going to be like, because again, like I say, I'm more of a fan of the actual film saga that Peter Jackson released. Then I've read obviously The Hobbit and I've read The Fellowship, but I, I did struggle through The Fellowship book and then left it there kind of thing, uh, which I'm pretty sure I spoke about before on, pod, on the podcast I've done with Nat. Um, just like I say that I've not actually read the full books and all that jazz. So... For me, like I, what I enjoy, I say, is when you meet characters like this, like Hallbrand and such, it's like, I don't know where this is going to go necessarily. With, with pretty much most of what we're seeing, I'm not sure at all what's going to happen or this or that. So it is kind of intriguing for me because I, I wasn't, again, maybe there is something to do with Hallbrand that could lead down to a darker spell or whatever. But it's nice to kind of keep those surprises going because, like I said, when they've when they've arrived at Numenor and stuff, there's, this is it where, where now like getting introduced to more and more characters so it's going to it's, it's again it's padding it all out and the other thing as well that i dig in terms of a visual aspect of it now that for example them arriving in numina is like how the camera uses the map obviously of, of middle earth or whatever like just to kind of go from a to b and kind of help you like follow where we're going um i, I don't know i thought it was it's a really nice touch and and, and it does kind of keep you uh yeah, keep you up to speed with where exactly we're, we're jumping to and uh, to and fro, I should say. Because, like I said, this world is massive and we're only three episodes in and it's been like over three hours of content and yet we're still kind of just scratching at the surface. So fair play to them for that. But w- the other character that I really want to talk about that I'm enjoying so much well because I feel like most of the best scenes other than obviously in episode two, Adrift, when we got to see the sea monster and such that was attacking the ship that Gladriel, uh, or the raft, I should say, that that Gladriel ends up um, ends up stranded on, obviously with Hal Brandon on and, and all these other characters. That was great. So I really enjoyed all of that. We got, to, you know, it was really, again, just classic J.A. Bayana, J.A. Bayona, sorry, just absolutely thriving in the, in the monster horror kind of thing and the suspense of that. So really enjoyed that. The other side of it, I say in episode two as well, obviously it does come along with Arendir's character, the elf, obviously, that's, that's uh, watching over the particular land. That whole sequence with the orc that obviously comes through the house, it was just absolutely jaw-dropping. Like, in the sense, I just... I felt the claustrophobia, I felt the intensity, I was really, really, like... Obviously, quite taken, uh, not t- taken aback in a good way of how the orcs actually look in this as well. Because episode three, we do get seen off a lot of them, and they are bloody terrifying. Like I know that a lot of them looked quite gnarly to look at in the uh, in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, etc. And uh, well, yeah, definitely those. I mean, the the goblins in um, in the Hobbit didn't uh, didn't do it for me, but still, like these orcs are genuinely terrifying. <laughs> like I was really impressed with what they've done, in particular, to say the that use as well, which only they do touch on it a little bit in the in the in the Jackson trilogy um, about the whole fact of that they're not fond of the sunlight because they would rather be within darkness, and obviously the sunlight aspect of it. You know, in this, it's really amplified. Obviously, that they're really you know burning or not not like vampire burning. It's going to kill them this and the other, but it's not good for them necessarily. It does hurt them, obviously, the, the actual sunlight. So I really like what they've done with the orcs in this and this and just making them really terrifying. They, they remind me of the descent creatures, or I should say the creatures from the film, the descent, like on like times ten or something ridiculous. You know what I mean? Um because I say when we get when when the character Aaron Deer is obviously captured by the orcs and taken to their place so they're cutting cutting a pathway through it's underground and such and then he next thing you know he's chained up this that and the other essentially for the orcs to carry on with their uh, with their motive we we got to see so much within that and and you know him interacting with other elves that are part of it as well and just that like again that uneasiness like for example like when 
you know, the, the leader of the elf, again, I'm terribly sorry with names, but when that when one of the elves that, that is kind of standing up to them about quitting that tree down and the and the orc is like, Oh, you've earned, you know, a real you know, real strength within you, you've earned yourself like a, a water break. And then you're thinking something's gonna happen any minute now. Something is gonna happen. It's not gonna be it's either not gonna be water, uh, which obviously it was, but something's gonna break any minute now. And there you know, there's there's the kind of in and out uneasiness of the score and such, uh, which I'll come to in a second about the score because I, I am very much enjoying that. And then when that orc is obviously looking back and you're thinking, is something going to, someone just going to start? And then it comes, the slash of the neck on probably the, the the most innocent of the three elves that's there. Like this elf that's just having a sip of water just slashes this young, this young lad. And then, you know, sadly this character dies. It's again that intensity and the, uh, the horror and the fear, I should say, is amplified for these orcs in that moment. And, um, yeah, it was just a really, really, it's been really interesting to see that character say, um, Aaron Deer, you know, being that point of the audience to see these orcs and to kind of fee- really feel, um, you know, that, that fear of them. So I'm interested to see where that's going to go as well, because obviously he's now been led to this mysterious leader of the orcs known as Adar, uh, which is obviously the title of episode three. So I feel like we're now building to a point where there is going to be so much more orchage <laughs> in the in the remaining of the of this season. I'm really excited to see where it goes with it because there's been, like I say, even if the story's not kept me engaged, say episode one by far is the weakest. You know, if we we had, it was I don't know, like because it was we've come at a time of peace, so we have to establish this world before we can start getting into the nitty gritty, before we can start getting into the darker themes and obviously what we're seeing with the orcs now. You know, obviously contrast what we're seeing in episode three where you've got obviously this you know full on murder and i will say as well hats off to like not holding back with the like usage of blood and the i'm not saying it's gory but I, there was a few times when you know like for example hallbrand breaking that guy's arm in in that scuffle that he has i was like oh a bit of a wince there and then you've got you know orcs killing left right and center there's there's bloods bloods everywhere said so the warg that attacks them and and this is the other thing as well like i know that this series series so far has been causing a little bit of division, or at least, you know, very constructive criticism, should we say. But when I was seeing people slagging off what the warg looked like and saying how it looked terrible, I was like, are we looking at the same image? Like, because it looked pretty good, again, showing you just the amount of money that's behind it, the CGI, I thought looked pretty bang up on that. Like I say, it looked it looked <laughs> just menacing to hell. Uh, and obviously when it's ripping shreds of people or whatever, the elves that are there... I, I just I was like, what are people? I do feel on some level people are just choosing to to go in not wanting to like this, uh, which is a shame because that's not what this is about. Like I say, it's it's a a completely different thing to obviously what Peter Jackson did. So just take it for what it is. I'm trying. That's what I'm trying to do. Like I said, there are still things that I'm not fully on board with within this. Or not even on board as in, oh, you're doing that wrong. I just mean as in, I'm just not not gelling with the story like i said that the half foot story in this i'm finding it just a little bit like eh, it's all right i say lenny henry's great in it i'm enjoying uh, nori uh, the character uh that's played by markella kavanagh i think nori brandyfoot and and her friend uh poppy Proudfellow, which is played by megan richards i like those two there's that innocence to say that that these are going to be the characters that are going to have to be the brave ones they're going to they're going to end up coming into something that they have to stand up for and and you know i would say they've got their story going off with the the meteor man should we say whoever this character is going to lead to be kind of thing so there's there's that innocence there but i'm not fully bothered with that storyline which is a great shame in comparison to the hobbit storyline in and it's always going to be difficult to not compare, and I am trying not to. It's just that my the best example I can kind of 
stress sometimes is to say, well, this is what happened in the original trilogy that I really liked, whereas in this, this isn't the same and I'm not really vibing off it. And again, here I am doing that by saying, obviously, with the half-up story, it's fine. Like I say, it's nice, don't get me wrong, but the level of care I have compared to, you know, Elijah Woods, Frodo and and the rest of the gang um, with the Hobbits and such... It, it's on a different scale that you know what I mean and it always will be you know but again that's down to the actual storytelling I'm there, there, there could be this could completely change and in the next episode that I do on Lord of the Rings Rings of Power when the series is done as a whole I might be eating my words there and thinking actually I was completely wrong there I love what they did with these characters that still again remains to be seen I'm going on what I'm seeing in the first three episodes and how I'm feeling about these first three episodes and there's characters that I really do care about like I say like Galadriel and Arendir and then like I say these half-ups that I'm just like they're just padding out the time. It's nice to kind of have that breathing space and that breath of fresh air within because I do like some of the moments within that. Like I said, the like kind of the clunkiness or the fact that like always, um, that Nori's always getting Poppy, her friend, into like that kind of bother. Like Poppy was that character that's just like, oh my God, I'm friends with someone that's constantly up to no good, getting up to mischievousness and going to end up getting us into trouble for. That again, that back and forth is really entertaining. There's the intrigue as well about what this character is. It's fell from the sky. I really don't want it to be Gandalf. I really, really, really don't want it to be Gandalf. I don't think it will be. I do think it'll be like some form of other wizard. There's things, plenty of them to choose from. One of the ones I was like kind of alluring to maybe could be Radagast, but again, I might, I might be completely out of that with the times, but still, in terms of the time lines is what I'm saying there. But yeah, there's that intrigue there of what this character is going to bring. It does seem like he's going to be a wizard. And um, yeah, it, 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 that, that that's the one bit of the, the story that I'm not too, uh, yeah, not too invested in, but we'll see what happens with that because there's still like five or six, five, five episodes left of the series. So... I'm sure that there will be, um, yeah, there'll be stuff to, uh, yeah, things might change with that. But as I've said over the course of um, of this episode, that you know, after, even after these first three episodes, there are things that I'm really enjoying. Really interested to see how how Sauron's going to kind of come into it all. There's even that kind of subplot of that young lad that's part of the uh, part of the village that, that evacuates, obviously, over the back of the orcs taking over that village, and um, you know, Arendir telling them all pretty much that the. Uh, yeah, that they, they should all leave this and that. And he's kept that blade that's starting to like reform on the back of the wound, obviously with with the orc and stuff, obviously the battle with the orc in the in the actual house. So I'm interested to see what what's gonna pan out with that. But this is it, like there's 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 enough there's in, the, episode three was good, you know what I mean? Like I, I will I will say that it's picking up, like I said, and, and, and it's all down to the fact of like I said, the 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 intensity and, and kind of how things are all starting to kind of intertwine now. You know, Galadriel's kind of working stuff out about, you know, it's 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 essentially not not a symbol or whatever that she's found for Sauron, it's an actual map. So things are starting to pick up, you know what I mean? And and we can see that there there will be a payoff. I'm sure there will be, but after these first three episodes. The first two in particular, I was very underwhelmed. Episode one, I was really underwhelmed. But the second episode, yep, yeah, it was it was fine. Episode three has me really, um, yeah, like I I actually did, you know, enjoy that episode. So fair play, I say that it, it was much better than the the previous uh, the previous two. I did earlier mention about the score as well, about how much I'm enjoying that. Obviously, the score this time around is done by Bear McCreary. Really nice of um, of like Amazon and Co to get Howard Shaw in to do the opening the, the opening theme for this. I do think the opening title credits of this are quite quite good you know really nice you know what i mean like a very very howard shaw but overall i do think that bear mccreary is you know kind of taking on and, and giving us something that we're familiar with but at the same time it sounds new so i'll give him give him props to that as well 
But I, I'm probably going to leave it there. Like I, said, I know that I've not touched upon every single character. Obviously, I've not even mentioned like Young Isildur or anything like that. But I don't want to kind of get too bogged down in things too early on because there's going to be so much more to talk about once the series is done. I say we've got another five more episodes. I'm sure that like I said, I'll have plenty more to say when it comes to the actual series finishing. But after these first three... I'm starting to warm to it. Like, you know, I, I, in 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 contrast, obviously, with how I feel about House of the Dragon, which I think is absolutely amazing. I'm not there with the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. I see what they're trying to do. They're, work, they're, they're world building. They're creating the story. They, 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 they're giving it as, you know, nice enough that we're not getting too lost. Um, well, I'll still get lost anyways. There's that many characters to remember. But I, I see what they... Well, I, I think I see what they're going for anyways. But uh, on the back of episode three, I am... Um, yeah, I'm. I think that like I said, I'm looking forward to episode four anyway. See what happens there. So, yeah. But there's some great performances in here. Some great actors. It looks stunning, as I already said. I can't take. I can't fault that at all. It looks absolutely stunning. Um, and we'll just see. You know, so far, it's 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 all right. It's just let's hope that it does really. Um, yeah, really kind of pick up eventually. I, and I'm sure it will. But anywho, that's my thoughts so far on this particular. I'm not going to give it a score out of ten so far because I think that would be unfair to go over these first three episodes and then be like, right, okay, so far it's this out of 10. I'm going to wait until the series is done and then I will give it a full score anyways. And, and as I say, I would I, I would suspect that good old uh, Mr. McCartney, my good friend Nat, will be featuring on that one as well, um, if he gets the time to. So anyways, thank you so much as always for listening. Let me know your thoughts on The Rings of Power and what, if you've watched it all as of yet. Uh, I'd love to know what you're thinking of it. And um, yeah, let's see, eh? Let's see what happens in the remainder of the series. But thank you as always for listening to this podcast. It really is super appreciated. I'll be back as well with more episodes in the uh, in the well in the next few in the next week or so i would suspect so again do appreciate you listening uh do jump onto facebook as i saying give us a like on there leave us a review and all that jazz on spotify hit notification hit follow please do that would be lovely but until the next episode take care